0: From WBEZ Chicago and PRX, this is Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. And I'm Greg
1: Cott. This week, Dessa joins us in front of an audience. Dessa is a poet, author, and hip-hop artist who's as interested in scientific theory as she is in lyrics.
2: I don't want to create the impression that, like, I'm a rapping Bill Nye, because I'm not. But I feel like music and science, um, you know, are both lenses to understand and, and frame a problem. You know, they're both, like, outlets through which you can route curiosity.
0: Plus, we'll review Egypt Station, the 17th solo album from Sir Paul McCartney. And Greg has a song that he can't live without to add to the Desert Island jukebox. That's all coming up on Sound Opinions.
1: You are listening to Sound Opinions, and later in the show, we're going to talk about Paul McCartney's new album, his first in five years. I mean, McCartney at 76 is still touring like a 23 year old uh, rocker. And relentlessly doing the promo hype circuit. All over the place, uh, and uh, first studio album in five years for McCartney, but that's later
0: in the show. First, Dessa. Dessa.
3: That
1: was a little bit of the song The Bullpen by our guest this week, Dessa. I mean, to say she's a rapper really undersells her because she's also a singer, a writer, a renaissance woman in the truest sense. Uh, she's released four albums that showcase her signature lyrics with the Doomtree Hip Hop Collective out of Minneapolis an artist-run label that uh, really does put a premium on lyrics. Her latest album is called Chime, but if that isn't enough, she's also an author. Her book, My Own Devices, True Stories from the Road on Music, Science, and Senseless Love is just out. And recently, she and singer-guitarist Matthew Santos joined us and an audience at the Goose Island Tap Room in Chicago for an intimate acoustic performance and a
0: conversation. We don't want to delve too much into the ancient history because we're really excited about Chime. Thanks. fourth thanks. album of your career um, and it's making a lot of noise thanks <laughs> what was your goal Dessa you know you reach a point yeah. four albums in you've got to wonder do I have anything to say anymore I could go get gainful employment.
2: Right. <laughs> I could get dental. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
4: What
0: was your goal when you set out to make this one?
2: You know, I think um, I think for a lot of us in, in hip-hop, like, pop has been a dirty word for a long time. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, stems back from, like, this backpack tradition where that was, like, the only thing that you listened to. and And I've always secretly liked pop. And I think a lot of other people have, too. So... So on this record, I wanted to sort of remove that self-established prohibition, you know, Mm -hmm. from singing like a a catchy hook and to try to do it without like forfeiting any of the, the commitment to lyrics that attracted me to hip hop in the first place.
3: I'm high strung, universal donor. That's type A, type o. To wake up, calm down, or shape up, chai tea, chai tea, type O. No easy money. I'm trying to get rich slow. Standing on the acorn I planted, I trusted oak trees grow. ENFP Myers bridge. Keeping the
0: content, but giving people a hook.
3: Yeah,
2: because I feel like there's this idea that, um that like, oh, you know pop isn't isn't for intellectual listening and in part that's true you know it's like i don't turn to pop music for like moral guidance or you know philosophical insights but i don't think you ruin a pop song by having good writing on it yeah. i think it can withstand that and hmm. um and then you know working with a lot of the doomtree producers i was also interested in just making some some rap bangers and mm-hmm. then finding a way to make them compatible yeah on one yeah. record yeah
1: you've always been kind of genre agnostic though i think even from the first record you were kind of you were on this, everybody thought Doomtree it's gonna be a, a hardcore hip hop record, you know, mm-hmm. a, a backpack record, like you were saying. And there was a lot more on it than, than that, obviously. So that's something that's always been in part of your DNA musically from the start. Yeah. So it, it, it probably took a little bit of a courage to, to put a record like that out on Doomtree initially. Uh, what, was it, what was it going through your head when you're starting to form, how you wanted to present your, your words musically?
2: I w- I was helped in my courageousness by almost total ignorance and that like, I'm still not very good at listening to a song and knowing exactly what it's called. You know, like mm. I use the word prog a lot because it seems like that gets me out of, <laughs> mm. <laughs> out of mm.
0: trouble. <laughs> like, like yes and Genesis
2: Prague. See, already I'm in too deep. We have to move on. <laughs> uh, I just, I don't know. I think, I mean, I've said it before but I feel like genre is a great tool to figure out how to shelve a record and it's not a great tool to figure out how to make a record like Mm -hmm. i think good music has more in common with other good music than it has with any other member of the category in which it resides and so i was i was just interested in in harmonies and words and beats that moved me and um and even now like at after I finished Chime, I was like, Lazy B, how many, how many rap songs do you think are on this record? And he and I totally disagreed, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know how few notes you can use with your voice before you're technically rapping and then how many you add and you're technically singing, even, you know?
3: You train up on the mountains have to weaponize the blood. You bring your body back to sea level to see what body does, does, And it runs, and it runs, and it runs. It was just John Problem.
1: Well, one beautiful thing is you don't have to hire out to somebody to uh, sing the hooks on your on your songs because you can sing them yourself, right? You're a one one woman band, right?
0: Well, I think we're remiss if we don't have you guys launch into a song, give people a taste, especially because we're all really excited to hear what this you're completely reinventing yourself, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? Now, when you're playing on stage, you've been touring a lot behind Chime. What is the lineup?
2: Usually, we're a five piece, so we've got a lot of voices, and we've got in, within those five players, we've got a lot of multi instrumentalists as well. So there's a lot of wires and a lot of talent on stage. Mm. And, uh, and now, being joined by, by Matthew, he is doing the lion's share of, of the lifting because <laughs> I am here empty handed, encumbered only by my silver rings, and he's mm-hmm. got a guitar with which he has to do all the music. Not a lot of wires. What are you going to play? Mm-hmm. This one's called uh, Good Grief.
3: Got snow in my pocket When done again, head first Lace drill bits to my point. shoes Pirouette to the hardwood debater Night falls, day breaks Time There's a funny kind of violence And i trying to keep in mind It can't leave you the way it finds you Good grief, I've heard people say it What a phrase, what a state to be in But I don't know where they go to get, get that feeling My knees stay clean, not much for praying Do my own stunts and my own saving But there's something I miss, something I've been missing Maybe, maybe good grief tell it
4: from the bed Maybe it's only in the fat Good grief's the one that's in your past They say this good grief How can you tell
3: it from the bed? Maybe it's only in the fat Good grief's the one that's in your past This time my best wasn't good enough Wow little rough. Took off the fuselage, and engine in both wings. But I'm ready to work for this. Just show me what it dig I'm ready to hurt for this. I know exactly what this is. Curvy. I want that good grief, the one that heals me, that leaves me leaves clarified me by clarifying. fire when I'm burned clean, tempered by light and heat. On the dead of morning, I'll be better for it, the fortified. Alright, bust the high and that it's champagne. Wings are broken, but I'm. kept on mine jumped over the fence i guess i should be upset but i'm in my neck out on the lawn sandy ground
4: cause I'm here now and I-
1: Great stuff, Good Grief from Dessa and Matthew Santos on Sound Opinions. We are here at the Goose Island Tap Room with Dessa and Matthew Santos. Um, that was a beautiful version of that song. Um, you know, when people think of hip hop, they think of uh, you know, somebody rapping over beats and working methodology, writing these songs. Um, sitting down with an acoustic guitar or get a guitarist and writing the songs. I mean, coming from different places every time or is the working method mm. similar with each song?
2: Yeah, I mean, I would say like this is one of the few experiences I could count on one hand, like the time that I've done a rap show with two people with crossed legs <laughs> for the entirety mm. of the <laughs> performance. But um, for me, most of the songs I'd say are, are germinated with a beat that's been created usually by one of the other producers in Doomtree. So shout out to Laserbeak and Paper Tiger, Sea Slaughter at POS. Mm-hmm. And then... From there, I think I probably frustrate and occasionally irritate them by saying, Cool beat, cool beat, cool beat. I wrote a song and I'd like to change. And then, mm. you know, like I want to gut the bridge. And I was thinking, what if we had, like, you know, an octet? No big deal. Come in and, <laughs> and, um, and play strings over it and, you know, make it soft. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> Um, I think that I think that very often it's like finding a beat that ha- that feels like it has footholds in it. So sometimes that happens already when I hear um, the song, the beat for Warsaw made by Paper Tiger, I could kind of move my body and imagine the way that rapping over that would feel. So I knew what kind of flow to use to ride that beat.
3: no candle, a wheel with no axle, I'm um, dragging the and occasionally for some of the more
2: sing songgy stuff. Um, it does help to build the chord changes in first so that I know exactly how to kind of surf over that musically.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and also, you know, hip-hop is so rhythmic. The words uh-huh. have to sort of, the, the, there's cadence there. So are you paying attention to that, or sometimes you just say, screw it, I can't, I can't fit this yeah. thought into if that you, If you
2: say screw it, you have a bad song. So I'm definitely <laughs> tempted to say screw it, but yeah. then when you listen back, it's so whack. Yeah. It's just bad. So, you know, part of what makes, exactly that, part of what makes hip-hop lyrics interesting is not just content, uh, although that's part of it, and not just, like, verbal dexterity, uh, although that's part of it, too. You know, these double entendres and word plays Mm -hmm. and puns and interesting references. But part of it is you have to be, you have to participate as a vocal percussionist, you know? And if you don't, you sound very pre-88. You know, it's, it sounds very nursery rhyming. Those of you who've had to, like, pretend to do a rap at an office party or have heard someone try <laughs> know exactly what I'm talking about.
3: You
1: know? You're a great public speaker and you do a lot of teaching. Uh, so there's this kind of uh, science nerd aspect to your background, uh-huh. which you apply to this record. I'm, there's, there's stories coming out about you had the science experiment done on your brain, right? Basically, to, to figure out how, how, how it worked in relationship to a relationship that you had, <laughs> yeah. right?
2: Yeah, I, um, partly as an art project and partly as a science project and partly as, a, as an attempt to solve a real-world problem, I worked with a group of scientists at an fMRI lab at the University of Minnesota and also with a neurofeedback clinician to see if we could... Identify the structures within my brain that are most closely associated with romantic love, and then to get them to shut up because i had been <laughs> in love with the guy for a really long time and it wasn't working out. And uh, and I don't want to create the impression that like I'm a rapping Bill Nye because I'm not. Like there's no uh, <laughs> there's no like there's no neurosci- there are no neuroscientific terms on the record or anything. Right. But, but I feel like music and science. Um, you know, are both lenses to understand and, and frame a problem. You know, they're both like outlets through which you can route curiosity and creativity. So, so yeah, I think in any given like four year period, a lot of whatever I'm going through as a human being is of course gonna be reflected and represented on, on the record that I make during that time.
1: You gave a great uh, commencement address at, uh, at your alma mater, University of Minnesota in 2012
2: in modern american culture and maybe in a lot of other places too i think we do a lot of our failing in private and we do a lot of our succeeding outside in public and whenever we can in front of a camera
1: you know i played it for my daughters too and it was one of those things where listen to this um, one of the things he said that really stuck with me was the whole idea of, of willingness to fail
2: and i think that that aversion to public failure diminishes us and ultimately, I think that it reduces the scope of our successes.
1: Can you address that issue? Like the, the mm-hmm. idea of willing, being willing to fail in yeah. order to find out what kind of a person you are. How did you come to that sort of conclusion in your own life?
2: I will say that, like, um, although we had a pretty volatile relationship for my, some of my childhood and teenage years, like my dad has become a really great friend and guide to me. And so some of the counsel that, that I forwarded in that speech was was plagiarized pretty directly from Bob Wander, shout out. Um, Mm. I think that there is sort of like a particular kind of hardcover book right now that sanctifies failure and I do not participate in that particular trend. I think failure sucks. I think it hurts uh, and I avoid it enthusiastically except for the fact that never failing sucks so much worse than failing because you haven't reached or tried or really demarcated the parameters of your capacity and ability as a human being so if you only do stuff that you know that you're going to be good at and going to win you avoid the fear of the pain of failure but you also avoid like the glory of all this untapped potential so you you lead a safe I think but um but a much smaller life than the one that might have been available to you if you were willing to be occasionally uh, humiliated.
1: Right. Did you find out from firsthand experience? I mean, I'm... I
2: mean, uh, it's like, I feel like a lot of these songs on almost all of my records are very stylized accounts of humiliation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, okay, we a, what... have
1: subtext here. That's good. I like it.
2: Like, what's a torch song except for like, well, that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you do
0: like flipping the script. Good grief and uh, positive failure. Um, uh, Cot's been monopolizing the conversation. I want to ask more questions, too, but we should get another song first. What are you going to play?
2: This one is Half of You. This is a, uh, another one from Time. Yeah.
3: say that your heart is the size of your fist i can tell you firsthand i know how that glove fits takes your whole life just to teach you two tricks it beats and it attacks and in between is all of love and loss attraction you live your life between contractions and you and i would do just that but what if i could cure so sure which pill i choose. Maybe I'm happier with half of you than I'd be with clean but empty rooms. In the mess it's made of us, there's still so much to lose. The key I swallowed, the lock you picked, all these spinning battles and i'm still the mark you miss. we should be a settled argument but i can't do that i can't remove the screws of my own youth can't just pull out all the fuses and start no can not erase can not undo my past with you and i know it's it's not the sort of thing you're supposed to show if you can you're supposed to try to let it you to shoulder what you can and soldier through but what if I could cure me of you am I so sure
4: which bill I choose
3: maybe I'm happier with half of you than I'd be with clean but empty rooms in the mess that's made of us there's still so much alone Then I'd be with clean but empty rooms. In the mess that's made made of us. us, there's still so much to lose. Maybe I'm happy.
0: Uh, with Matt Santos backing her up here live at the Goose Island Tap Room, Beautiful stuff. Half of you. You don't believe that, yes. right? You don't believe I you're don't, better off with half of I you than know. an empty room?
2: I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I think I'm still deciding whether or not happiness feels like the ultimate good. Maybe sometimes being connected is even better than being happy, but that's not very woke me.
4: <laughs> is that not very feminist? I don't know.
1: After a short break, we'll continue our conversation with Dessa from the Goose Island Tap Room in Chicago. That's in a minute on sound opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX.
3: I've seen Gibraltar. I've seen the Taj Mahal. Soweto, I Sophia. Chef and paints the walls blue. I've played to full rooms. I've played the full tune. Burning through the bottoms of a pair of new boots. My hair, take my feet now. A woman on her own must be from out of town Funny you don't know the concessions that you're making Until you catalog them And by then there are many angel battle-hardened Heat makes equal like of the asphalt Keepsakes and parking tickets on the desert
1: Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott and my partner is Jim DeRigatis. This week is our interview with the rapper Dessa. We spoke with her in front of a live audience at the Goose Island Taproom in Chicago. You're hearing a little bit of the song Fire Drills from her latest record, Chime
3: you can't be too broke to break as a woman always something left to take so you shouldn't try to stay too late or talk to strangers look too long go too far out of range because angels can't watch everybody all the time stay close hems low safe inside that formula works if you can live it but it works by putting half the world off limits
0: this song has become an anthem for the Me Too movement. And Dessa's songs haven't traditionally been explicitly political. So I asked where the inspiration for this track came from. Because you don't do politics, no, I don't. you know, front and center. Mm-hmm. You deal with them as they affect your life. You don't set out to say, I'm going to write an
2: anthem. No, I don't. No, I don't. And to be honest, like, I've been, I've been selective about how and when and where I've engaged in a lot of gender conversations. Mm-hmm. In part because I think um, even really good intentions uh, can sometimes alienate the people who I most want to connect with. So or we
0: could accuse you of capitalizing on oh, absolutely. pain and an issue. Oh,
2: absolutely. So, like, initially, I mean, uh, so I'd written the song Fire Drills, and I was feeling pretty good about the writing of it, you know? And I, and I, was, I was avoiding the pitfalls that I'd hoped to avoid, and I had some, some rap lines that felt solid. And then I recorded it, and then in the interim of having it in the can and waiting to release the new record, um, the Me Too movement uh, really... Ignited, ignited. overnight. Yeah. Yeah. So, as a person in the world, that's exciting to watch. A new justice emerge. As a songwriter and a selfish little creepy, you know, artist sitting alone in her living room, I thought, Oh my God, are people going to think that I wrote this to try to ride the wave of this conversation? Right. To say, Mm. Okay, well, check out my cool Me Too track. You know, like drop that buck twenty nine on me at Apple. I'm gonna get rich. You know, uh, a decaf coffee at a time. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but I, d- I did worry yeah. about that.
0: But we're not seeing that. We're seeing it in sports. We're, we're seeing it in politics. Senator Al Franken of your fine state. We're not seeing it in music.
2: There is no one technically who's laterally related to in music. You know what I mean? You're opening for someone, someone's a sound tech, you're headlining for them the next day. Like, If, if there was a prohibition on having sex with anyone who had more or less power than you... like. It's a, it's a tricky world to navigate in. So I thought, A, am I complicit in anything? Are, do, do, you, do you know any rumors about dudes that you should be sharing? B, should I watch my P's and Q's and, and have you know, watch my guys mind theirs in a new way because we're all being woken up by some of these concerns? And then, and then C, feeling like a lot of feelings that I'd suppressed about just being her it's tricky to be a woman and I don't like talking about that because rap and my chosen profession is, is aggressive. Yeah. And, and, and so trying to figure out like, what is, what is big, hard, difficult social change look like when it's advocated in a compassionate way? Because I think it's important that there just be like frontline fighters. I'm less good at warfare like, in, in, in yelling and name-calling. Like, so for me, the most I think that I can offer to that kind of discussion is to say... Here is the true story of my experience, and trust that mm. the truth does its own work. I don't have to say, and you're a jerk, and this is how you got it. I want to say, hey, just so you know, this is the private experience that most of us walk around with all day. Mm. I wonder if knowing that might, might, might evoke a feeling that makes you want to change a little.
0: I disagree with only the part about you not being good at it, because fire drills is an amazing piece of art.
2: But it's, but it's I, right? It's like, this is how I feel. Yeah, well, that's what we can instead all talk and about. You're a jerk, right? I, I, yeah. For me, I'm moved by personal stories the yeah. most, and I feel checked by them, I feel inspired by them, and for me, like, my personal changes happen not when somebody says, uh, you're line stepping, but like, hey, just for the record, that was my line.
1: Yeah. And so, that hurt. Yeah. You know? Um, so when you finish a song like that and you said you had some doubts about it what has been the response to that song uh, now that you're performing it live
2: it's been yeah I mean there was like I recorded the demo um, in my apartment sitting on the floor and maybe to test the waters just a little bit I had recorded it on Instagram just recording one verse you know so the listeners couldn't hear the music just the words that I was doing and thinking back, I, I might have done that because it provided an opportunity for commenters to say, like, what, mm-hmm. or, you know, ch- some early feedback. But now that we're performing it live, Matthew and Sam and Kara and Jonathan, the, the whole five piece together, it feels, to me at least, really powerful, like, and there's a kind of an emotional crescendo in the third verse. Um and I'm moved. I mean, I can feel my blood racing and my, my adrenaline going by watching the faces making expressions that feel like the one that I'm wearing. And also, it's been amazing to, like, get notes from dads. Mm. Yeah, I think mm. that's dads. been the most... Yeah, like... Us. Mm. <sighs> <laughs> Just, like, how, how the heck do you... I mean, how do you swim against the tide, right? And, and raise a kid in a way that makes her feel empowered yeah. and bold and brave, but also keeps her safe.
3: It's hard. But definition, you can't make a difference if the big ambition is simply standing sentry to your innocence. That's not a way to live. It can't be what a woman is. That gives nothing to aspire to. What that is, what that is, is just a life of running fire drills.
1: You, uh, you've made this uh, amazing album, Chime, and, um, You know, I'm wondering, you said, you you talked about the pop aspects of it, you know, going more in that direction. I've been covering hip-hop since it was started, almost, and there's this battle about what is real hip-hop. Yeah. Um, Do you get that a lot? Because you're not always in that area. (laughs) Uh, I
2: mean, I would say that at the very beginning of my career, um, I was was very conscious of it. Like, I I didn't sing on Doomtree songs, because I didn't want to be dismissed as a, as like the girl who came in to sing sing The Hooks, which is like a very kind of frosting role and didn't, to me, feel integral. And I used to wear boys clothes with, Used to wear boxers that were like folded over the outside of my raver pants so that you could tell I wasn't wearing panties, I was wearing a boxer. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> Regressive thinking. And um, how old
0: were you then? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I think
2: only like nine would make that okay. All right, I was like yeah, I was yeah,
4: like right. I well, like one yeah, gotta put it in context. <laughs> yeah. so t-
2: I was in my early twenties. Um, and but I remember being told like, you're not a rapper and I was like, what else would make me a rapper
3: besides rapping? I haven't met so many women in this business that I really like. like, like, like. You could hold a little liquor, you could hold the conversation, you could hold your own mic, and even that night I learned the truth about your man. You gotta be big to treat pretty girls bad.
2: I feel like I, I can just do the best at making this kind of music that I can. I gotta be mindful because it is racially fraught.
4: Mm-hmm. It
2: is racially fraught. Um, but I'm not gonna do work to try to fit into something that I can't be. So I'm just gonna have to figure it out. Make good songs, be kind to people, and honor the fact that like this is an art form that's been popularized by marginalized people. And then people who look more like me are sometimes the ones who financially capitalize on that. So what are you gonna do about it? Mm-hmm. You know, And sometimes maybe that means like, um, collaborating in mindful ways sometimes that means like being mindful about where the money goes maybe every once in a while it's saying hey you know i'm not the right person for that gig but my homie so-and-so is a really really great pick can i give you his number and if he's unavailable then holler Mm. yeah yeah
1: Yeah, we're living in a post malone world right uh it's one of those (laughs) anointed white rapper of the moment right um there are a lot of young women who look up to you and men too uh because you're independent you you made it towards this kind of lengthy career without having to be any obvious strings attached to any big corporations or anything like that um, what would your advice be to somebody who wanted to model themselves after what you do
2: hmm I would say at the very beginning um, again advice for Bob Wander but keep your overhead low which is to say the fewer hours that you have to spend making money to feed a fancy shoe habit um, are the more hours that you get to master your craft The second thing I'd say is um, I think that when people are at the stage where you're forming like a business, you know, even if you're not incorporated yet, you're just trying to like get the thing off the ground, um, that there's so much that can be done without money. Like if you keep, if you look to your friends and to your friends' friends and all the way out with an eye towards saying, not only where are you right now, right? Let's say you work at a sandwich shop. Okay, well, maybe they could cater the next video shoot. But where are they going to go? What do they want? And is there something that I can do to help them get one step closer to their goals in exchange for them getting me one step closer to mine?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just reach out to your community, right? Find, make connections. Trade, barter. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Mm -hmm. It's
2: kind of
0: commie.
1: (laughs)
2: Kind (laughs) of commie.
0: Very socialist of you. Um, We want to get another song from you guys. What are you going to play?
2: Our last one, I think. Let's do do the... Let's take a risk. Let's do. Let's do five out of six. This is an acoustic rendition okay. of a banger.
3: Double jointed, triple thread. I'm not some method actors trying to see my my descent. You're going to have to play the tape backwards. Save that breath for choir practice. Got no time for my detractors standing on my staircase. Oh. All you was a fire hazard put my time in now, I'm vetted uncontested, See hone on a shuts down, mother asking trick questions, I'm out her arms wide hiding nothing, I've done it all in broad daylight, I left the cameras running. The phoenix, phoenix and the ash, red eyes shining in the camera flash, my secret is I don't keep nine. see something, go ahead and say something, I ain't afraid of it, I don't drown, We'll sit down, he finds a way to ride somehow. Scan the crowd as I'm coming out, and I don't see too many rivals now. I don't need an agenda. I just tell the truth. Let it off the leash, don't touch it, it knows what to do. I'm running a tight ship, every deckhand here has a five-year plan and an ice pick. They can right code. they can drive a stick, I got an octave on, you want a high kick? Don't blink, I don't block, I'm a bleeder, all I do is hit. I don't want them all, but I would say I take five out of six. Clock's running, but it glove up, if you insist. Okay, let's see who's really counting, coup and who's been kind of fit. I'm a phoenix. And the edge, red eyes shining in the camera flash. My secret is I don't keep nothing. See something, go ahead and say something. I ain't afraid of it. I don't drown, won't stay down. He finds a way to rise somehow. Scan the crowd is out, coming out. And out. don't see too many rivals now. Cut my own gills with a pocket knife. Turning my fingers in the sockets, it's my daily dozer, my daily dozer, my daily dose of lightning. Just buzzing up to get me climbing up the kite. String my back is aching, my belt's too tight, i a about chisel tip to this pencil fight. No luck, just for the five dice, I'm going morning and night. And I'm really rising, I'm really rising, the fire on the horizon, Phoenix and the air. Red eyes shining in the camera flash My secret is I don't keep none See something, go ahead and say something I ain't afraid of it I don't drown, won't stay down He finds a way to rise somehow Scan the crowd is up, coming out And I don't see too many rivals now Phoenix and the ash Red eyes shining in the camera flash. My secret is I don't keep none. See something, go ahead and say something. I ain't afraid of it. I don't drown, won't stay down. He finds a way to rise somehow. Scan the crowd as I'm coming out. And I don't see too many rivals now.
0: Five out of six by Dessa Darling, uh, Margaret Wander. You see. In, well, in case people keep wondering who the hell Bob Wander is, we've got to give a shout out <laughs> to your dad. That's true. Okay. Matthew Santos, in a really special stripped down uh, semi acoustic performance. Uh, all acoustic. Mm-hmm. All acoustic performance at the Goose Island Tap Room. Thanks so much, guys, for coming in.
4: Thanks, Jim. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That wraps up our conversation with Dessa at the Goose Island Tap Room in Chicago, and we have video of her performance at soundopinions.org. We always want to hear from you. Let us know what you think and why on our hotline, 888-859-1800, or via Twitter or Facebook. When we come back after a short break we'll give our opinions on the latest from some uh, you know sprite young thing from Liverpool Sir Paul McCartney. That's in a minute on sound opinions from WBEZ Chicago NPRX. This is Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. He is Greg Codd, and that is the one and only Sir Paul McCartney with a track called I Don't Know from his 17th studio solo album, Egypt Station. Who needs to introduce Paul McCartney? He had this band back in the 60s, you know, and then he went on to Wings, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, You know, Paul has not given us a new uh, album of new material for five years. Uh, And he's been everywhere, Uh, doing a lot of promo for this album. He wants the world to know that it's out there. Let's play a track, and we'll come back and give our opinions on the latest from Paul McCartney. This is a song called Who Cares from Egypt Station on Sound Opinions.
1: from the new Paul McCartney record, Egypt Station. Well, who cares, you know? It is one of those questions. Who who cares? McCartney's 76 years old. There's going to be people who are Beatles fans who are going to buy everything McCartney records. Is this record speaking to a new generation of music listeners? That is a good question because I'm not sure uh, I have a great answer for it. I do think that McCartney still has a vitality to the way he's able to write songs, melodies, uh, that is unrivaled. And I think he found a good match in Greg Kirsten, who is a classically trained composer, Mm -hmm. who can sort of complement the compositional strengths that McCartney has. If we look too closely at McCartney's lyrics, (laughs) we get into some dire, dire straits here because he's not... Took you about six sentences to get there. You know, McCartney's he's hit and miss as a lyricist. Let's put it that way. Um, There are some songs on here that I think are quite interesting lyrically, to say the least. Happy With You is a song that uh, he casually rolls out these ideas that... Oh, by the way, I lied to my doctor. I used to... So he's kind of giving you some inside, uh, you know, dope about uh, his personal life, and I think there's some moments on this record that have some genuine strength to them. Uh, that uh, song we just played, "Who Cares," you know, I like McCartney in trashy garage rock mode. I think that's a yeah. nice, nice feel for him. Uh, I love the acid folk McCartney of "Dominoes" and "Confidant." There's some really trippy, surrealistic lyrics in mm-hmm. "Confidant." He's talking about butterflies wearing boots. You know, it made butterflies me think of... wearing combat <laughs> boots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
4: In our imaginary world where butterflies wear army boots and stomp around the forest chanting long lost anthems, long lost anthems.
1: Uh, then there's these progressive rock tunes at the end of the record <laughs> that are just like,
0: wow, these sound like Frankenstein now see, now creations. See, I, you're going to talk about Despite Repeated Warnings, yeah, and uh, despite rhyming uh, Planet and Janet, yeah. uh, and not in the sense of Rocky Horror Picture Show, I actually think that's a fairly interesting track. It's interesting, but it's but not man, a good song. It, yeah, no, it's no. not. That's the thing. He kind of went
1: overboard. And then the Ryan Tedder track, Ryan Tedder oh, is kind of the ringer in here. He's the hit doctor uh that full you song on
4: the night that i met you i was all the town on the night that i met you i just want to know how you
1: feel for you f u h yeah, f u um, h
0: uh wow i that's uh that's a dire mccartney right there look you know y- you raise this obliquely if this came to us via anyone other than paul mccartney right mm. and who is a treasure who has earned the right like bob dylan to do whatever he wants at age 76 i don't know if we would care there are some tunes here that rank with his absolute all-time worst uh i'm talking like up there with ebony and ivory and silly love songs uh listen to back in brazil all right. You know, on top of this faux, like, bossa nova mm-hmm. groove, you know, he's telling us nights are for dancing. Days are for sun. It's like, oh, my God. And then it builds to the choruses or the bridges or whatever you want to call them. Up. Ichiban, Ichiban, Ichiban chanted repeatedly. Ichiban. Um, yeah. You know, it—that that is just so embarrassingly bad. Obviously, he is in that rare realm of superstardom and genius where nobody can come and say, hey, Paul, buddy, you know, that one, that's not up mm. to snuff. You know what I mean? The fact is, will you ever play this record again? There are easily twenty-five records he's either been part of a band of well, or had. we right? well never, you know. But I do play and cherish the Fireman records, mm-hmm, where yeah. he made that those EDM forays with Youth. I'm still intrigued by the Liverpool sound collage record, uh, with the Super Furry Animals. I love Run Devil Run, you know, which is what 15 years old now or something, 20 years mm-hmm. old. It was just him playing the songs he fell in love with as a 16-year-old rock and roller. Um, this is not in the top 20 or 25 or 30 Paul McCartney releases, you know, and there's just no reason to care if it wasn't so him. do
1: you think it's completely worthless? I would say there's—I I think there's about four or five songs on here that I think are pretty pretty close to top-tier McCartney. They're not like, no. you know, the masterpieces, what? but they're good what? songs. Give them
0: to me again. Who cares?
1: Dominoes, no.
0: Confidant, no. And,
1: and Caesar Rock I just think is a weirdo funk track that uh, I kind of like.
0: I don't know. The more Paul I listened, playing in
1: the—that's a fireman track. That should have been
0: on the fireman. The first few track. times I listened, I'm like, okay, this is pleasant enough. And then I started to hear lyrics, and then I started to realize where he had recycled all of those melodies before, <laughs> where they came from. You know, there's just nothing here.
4: I saw you flash a smile that seemed to me to say you wanted so much more than casual conversation. I tell you, little buddy, this whole island is bewitched.
3: Remember, we were shipwrecked
4: together.
0: As often as possible here on Sound Opinions, one of us takes a trip to the desert island and plays a song we can't live without. Mr. Codd, it's your turn. Jim, uh, we just passed the anniversary
1: of uh, 9-11, 17th anniversary, and uh, we all, I don't think we'll ever forget that day as long as we live. Anybody who was alive during that time uh, and conscious is going to remember that day. Um... I remember so many things. I remember, though, some songs that were swirling around in my brain all that week prior to 9-11, the, uh, occurring. Mm. And uh, they hang with me still. I hear those songs, and they remind me of that day. Uh, and two albums came out that day. Can you remember two pretty significant albums? No. Came out that no, day, 9-11, 2001. Back um, when they were album release days, and they were on Tuesdays. Correct, they were, they were on Tuesdays. Slayer's God Hates Us All. And Bob Dylan's Love and Theft. Mm. And so those two, two albums I've been listening to a lot in the week leading up to it. And in fact, my reviews ran that day in the Tribune. And, you know, nobody's reading the paper that day. Right. They're all like freaking... Glued to the TV. Uh, living through this horror on their television sets. God Hates Us All kind of says it all. I mean, that's, you know, you'd think, wow, talk about something that, you know, people were feeling that day. Like, how can this happen? Mm. And the Dylan album, Love and Theft, is just brimming with imagery of disaster and apocalypse, never more so than in the song High Water for Charlie Patton. Hmm. Charlie Patton's original song, High Water Everywhere, was written about the great Mississippi flood of 1927, mm-hmm. a, an apocalyptic disaster that rivals the, the 9-11 you know, disaster in our, in our country. The Great Flood of 1927 basically wiped out uh, a good chunk of the South. 27,000 square miles were 30 feet underwater, mm. uh, displacing 630,000 people. A lot of people say the diaspora really got a huge. Boost because of that. People had nowhere to live. Yeah. That's why they started coming north, and presaged the uh, the Great Depression a few years later because they, the the economy was just wiped out. In the same way, Dylan is you know uh, paying tribute to the author of that song, Charlie Patton, and also the, the the sense of doom that everybody was living through at the time. And to have that song come out on nine eleven uh... it was just too uh, unreal. This song is is haunting. Uh, I, I listened to a couple of things Dylan's voice those lyrics Larry Campbell's banjo is mm-hmm. is a, is a the driving force on the record as well as David Kemper's drums there's something about the rumble in those drums that still sends a chill down my spine uh, it's like those levees breaking and the and the water tumbling down and I, t- I tell you every time 9-11 rolls around I hear this song uh, Bob Dylan from love and theft high water for Charlie Patton on Sound Opinions
5: I want a rising, rising night and day All the gold and silver being stolen away Victor Turner looking east and west From the dark room of his mind He made your Kansas City 12th Street and Vine. Nothing's standing there I want a heaven with I want a rising the shacks are sliding down Folks lose their possessions The folks are leaving town But the nation shook it, broke it Then she hung it on the wall Say you're dancing with whom They tell you to Well, you don't dance at all It's tough out there I want her everywhere I got a craving love for blazing speed, got a hopped-up Mustang Ford. Jump into the wagon, love, throw your panties overboard. I can write you poems, make a strong man lose his mind. I'm no pig without a wig I hope you treat me kind. Things are breaking up out there. High water everywhere. water rising six inches above my head, coffins dropping in the street like balloons made out of lead, water poured into Vicksburg, don't know what I'm gonna do, don't reach after me she say, can't you see I'm drowning too, it's rough out there, high water
0: High Water for Charlie Patton by Bob Dylan, Greg's Desert Island jukebox pick this week. Greg, what do we have on the show next week? Next week, diss tracks. Artists
1: settling their scores through music.
0: I if the beef between us, we can settle it with the and I make it hot like a get. You're delicate. You better get You're still pedal. I got more the great adventure. Greg, we have some thanks to say on the way out. Colin Ashmead bobbitt helped with the recording of Dessa, and Sound Opinions was produced by Brendan Banisack, Alex Claiborne, Iona Contreras, and Andrew Gill. We also bid farewell this week to Hannah Edgar. I hope we have haven't ruined her life too much.
4: Hello,
5: hello. What's your only girl? Girl, I think
4: about. You're the only girl for me. Girl, I think about. You're special. No, I love you. No, I love you. You, you love me. And I think
1: that is true. But every night, my girl tells me I should watch you. On sound opinions, everyone's a critic. So now it's time to hear what you have to say.
3: messages. Jim
5: and
1: Greg, this is Scott from Gary, Indiana, and I've been a long time listening, and I'm so glad that you guys finally gave Disco the respect that it deserves. One thing I think you guys omitted from your dissection was uh, the great Tony Thompson, who is actually the drummer of Sheik, one of the greatest drummers who ever lived. Mm-hmm. When Led Zeppelin wanted a drummer, when they reconfigured for a one-off gig at Live Aid, they could have had any drummer in the world to replace John Bonham. They chose Tony Thompson. He was that great. Keep up with what you guys are doing, and make sure you you tell everyone about Tony Thompson.
2: Hi, my name is Kate. I'm from uh, the Philly area, and uh, I wasn't alive during the disco era, but... I used to work at this really big craft store. One day, something went we real with the playlist, and it just turned into this huge disco playlist. It had tons of Donna Summers, tons of the Bee Gees. It had the hustle on it. The hustle. It was great, like, just listening to the happy music. I would hear my coworkers singing. We would find customers dancing in the aisles. And one day, I went in, and they stopped using it, and work was just never the same. Thank you, and uh, I hope you have a great
5: day. Hi, I just wanted to call and thank you guys for the rebroadcasting on your piece on disco. Um, I just thought,
0: however, you missed a couple of things. In um, saying that disco influenced other genres like rap, you neglected to mention the impact that it had on housemates.
5: The origins of house music are directly a result from disco, the vibe, the attitude, the musicianship,
0: the whole thing. Um, And no disrespect to Donna Summer, but Lolita Holloway is the true
4: queen of disco. Uh,
0: I did want to thank you for the tribute to disco and thank you for not mentioning Disco Duck in your tribute, even though I just did.
1: Hi, this is Bob from Croton, New York. Guys, I love your show. Did not appreciate the cheap shot at disco heaters. Sorry, it's not that we dislike the music because of prejudice against women, gay, or minorities. My friends who grew up in, yes, mostly white suburban New York. We were teens in the 70s and disco's heyday and did not like disco because it flat out sucked. The whole scene had an uncool vibe. It was mindless, had sad fashion sensibility. I mean, come on, polyester suits and whistles around necks. You gave a nice history and great that you liked the music. But please cut us some slack and don't cast aspersions on people who disagree. Thanks.
0: Hi, Jim and Greg. This is Sam calling from Austin, Texas. In response to your what is the most wonderful thing that Sire Records released, my view is that it was the re-release of the Nuggets compilation, which I absolutely would not be without. I
4: feel depressed, I feel so bad.
0: There's too much wonderful one-hits that otherwise would have disappeared. And Fire put it back out, and my mind was blown. My 19-year-old mind was easier to blow than it is today. No more messages. To share your opinions on Sound Opinions, call 888-859-1800. We'll be back next week on Sound Opinions
4: from WBZ Chicago and distributed by PRX.